Great. Elena, would you like to call the meeting to order or is Adam doing that tonight? I will go ahead and do that, Chair Nichols. Thank you. Good evening, Chair Nichols and Historic Preservation Commissioners. This meeting is being held pursuant to Government Code Section 54953, subsection E, and in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Historic Preservation Commission on February 17th, 2022, will be conducted telephonically through Zoom. I will now call the roll. Commissioner Werner? Aye. Commissioner Berkowitz? Commissioner Berkowitz, if you can unmute yourself. We'll go with Vice Chair Newman quickly. Here. And Chair Vicki Nichols. Here. And Commissioner Berkowitz is on the line. He's just having some trouble with his audio at the moment. Okay, he was on earlier. Let's see. Can't because he's muted. We can hear you now, Commissioner Berkowitz. So that's that's where he's. He's muted. If it's muted by the host, then it doesn't so, work. So, Nate, we're doing roll call now. Will you please indicate that you... I can't hear it either. All right, let's... Maybe it's because... But we, we were hearing just fine before. Here's... Let's see if that works. This, your, your sound is up here. Okay. There you go. Okay. I can see everybody, including yourself. But now they can't see you. We can, we can see him, and we were actually calling roll and seeing if he would indicate that he's present when he's ready. Okay. So, yeah, unmute Nate and say you're ready. Nate. What? No. I'm unmuted. You're, you're good. Can you you're just good. indicate okay. you're here, Nate? Now I can hear you. Okay, and you're and you're present. Will you just indicate you're present for the meeting? Present. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. And we do have a quorum, Chair Nichols. Thank you. So the first item on our agenda night tonight is the approval of the agenda. We have um, <clears throat> two business items. Is there a motion? to approve the agenda as indicated. I move that. Okay, thank you, David. A second? I will second. Okay, thank you, Nate. Adam, would you call roll, please? Yes. Commissioner Werner? Commissioner Werner, if you can hear us. We'll go to Commissioner Berkowitz. Here. Is that a yes vote to approve the? That would be yes to okay. approve the Thank you. Vice Chair Newman? Yes. Chair Nichols? Yes. And Commissioner Werner, if you can hear us. 
appears that he is still on the call, maybe having some audio issues. Okay. Is there, does he have the ability to, to put in the chat that he's present? Would that suffice since the call is being recorded? It won't, and we don't have the chat function um, operable in this um, okay. iteration of Zoom. So, but with okay. three or four, the motion should pass. Okay, thank you. Uh, we, when he pops back in, we can just get a confirmation later. But let's go on to the next item. Um, the next item is the time for the public to comment on items that are not on the agenda, meaning that that would be not related to 19 Prospect or to 426 Pine Street. And if Adam would be so kind to let the public know how they can raise their hand and let us know they'd like to communicate with us, that would be appreciated. Thank you. This is the time to hear from citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda, except in very limited situations, state law precludes the Historic Preservation Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the HPC may briefly respond to statements made or questions posed by a member of the public, ask clarifying questions, make a brief statement, or make a brief report on his or her own activities. The commission may also refer matters not on the agenda to city staff or direct that the subject be agendized for a future meeting. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time limit has elapsed. Please state your name when it is your time to speak. Uh, I don't see anyone with the raised hand. Is that the same with you, Adam? That's correct, Chair Nichols. I do not see Okay. Anything. Thank you. We're going to go ahead then and close public comments not on the agenda. Um, now we'll move on to business items. And the first category under business items 5A is any declarations regarding public contacts. So I'll ask the commissioners if they have anything to declare. And they can indicate by either raising their hand or we can just quickly call their names. Why don't I just do that for... Uh, Commissioner Berkowitz, do you have anything that you would like to declare? No. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Warner? Yes. Do you want them to see you? Uh, do you have something to declare regarding public contacts? Uh, there's something really wrong with my audio. <laughs> okay, um, we can hear you now. So right now I'm trying to get any declarations. I can barely hear you and you can probably barely hear me. Oh, you're coming in better now than you were. Um, I'm sorry? You are coming in clearer than you were earlier. Am I? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. not hearing much from you, but that's all right. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm maybe Adam, could you ask him? Maybe he is just not able to hear my connection. Yes, Commissioner Warner. Chair Nichols is looking to see if any... Commissioner, uh, declarations to make. I'm having technical difficulties here. Okay. Um, Vice Chair Newman, do you have anything that you need to declare or would like to declare? No. Okay. I will just comment that I do live in within the boundaries of the of one of the properties, uh, the 
426 Pine Street property, but based on earlier declarations of um, and a evaluation of my situation uh, by the FPPC, I um, being a month to month renter, I do not have a financial conflict, so I will not be recusing myself tonight. I feel like I'm able to make decisions on that property in a fair manner. So I just wanted to put that on the record. Thank you. All right, um, Bill, I, I don't know what to do. Can you hear us any better now before we start getting into this review? I'm sorry, I barely heard what you said. Um, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I can't hear much. Okay. Um, Want to try the telephone? Yeah, what you want to do that? Have you you have the number handy? Now I can't hear anything at all. Oh dear. Okay. Let me see if I can. Adam or Elena, would we be able to uh, call Commissioner Warner and give him the number if he does not have it from the agenda? Excuse me, to call in. I've just emailed it to him. Um, okay. All right. Well, let's go in. Let's go ahead and see if he can join us. I am going to start the business item, though. We did hear mm -hmm. this last time, and I think this is more information for us that was provided. Um, we will make sure if we're taking any action that we have Bill in, but hopefully he'll be able to make it if he calls in. Is that agreeable with the commission? Is it me they can't hear? Can you guys hear me? We hear yes, you we fine. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, we do have a quorum, so I'm going to ask that Elena start her presentation for 19 Prospect Avenue. And when Bill gets in, we'll certainly welcome him. Elena, would you like to begin? Yes. Thank you, uh, Chair Nichols. Um, good evening, uh, Commissioners. Uh, so on January 20th, uh, the Historic Preservation Commission met to consider a historic resource determination request for this property at 19 Prospects. Um, the staff report and presentation from that meeting are provided as attachments to uh, this meeting staff report. Um, at that time, the HPC was not able to come to a decision due to um, uh, not enough depth of information uh, concerning the lives of Mr. and Mrs. Spring, which are former residents at that property, uh, and people who had uh, significant involvement in the city of Sausalito during their lives. Um, the applicants have prepared and submitted uh, supplementary historic information prepared by Mark Holbert of Preservation Architecture um, on the lives and impact of the 101 project and the efforts of Mr. Spring uh, to reroute that project. Um, as provided as attachment one to your staff report. Um, unfortunately, I did not have that at the time of preparation of my staff report, uh, but it was circulated on Tuesday morning to the, his, the HPC commissioners. Um, and with that, I am happy to take any questions 
uh, from the commissioners. And if there, uh, we have a couple of representatives of the project here tonight. Um, and we can also ask them if they have any input. Thank you. Do any of the commissioners have any questions on what mm. Elena has just indicated as attachment one? I did receive it. Um, I hope the others did. Were you able to take a look at that? I do not. You did not have it. David, did you see it? Yes, I saw it. Okay, thank you. And Nate, did you see it? I did see it. I did read it. Okay, terrific. Do you have I any? Have, I do have a question about it, but maybe it's improper at this point. In the, no, that would be the time. Go ahead, please. <clears throat> my, rec my recollection from conversations I've had over the years is that the big brouhaha occurred in the early 30s not in the uh, 50, 40s, and not in the 40s and 50s. This was um, strictly based on my re recollections, not on any um, good uh, research on my part. Um, but it had to do initially with the route after it left the bridge not after the bridge was built and uh, traffic was moving. And it seems to me that what I read in Huber's uh, letter had more to do with some kind of a conflagration um, that occurred in the uh, 40s or in the 50s, rather, um, which Again, I'm saying this is not the way I remember having heard this story told. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? I, I did read it too, and I just now thought that I hadn't seen, and if I overlooked it and don't recall it, I don't have it in front of me, but there actually was an election um, I understand there was a measure that defeated this that I don't think was, I'm not positive it was in there, but so it was, I believe it was Nate after the thirties. Um, it was a vote by the community that was um, not in favor of the extension down Bridgeway. Um, Mr. Holberg uh, uh, indicated a lot of newspaper sources that uh, commented on those efforts so I think that's what the dates are being based on. Well, that sounds a bit strange to me because <clears throat> the, real, the real issue is that they built a bridge and then they had no way of getting traffic out of, uh, off the end of the north end of the bridge. And that would have occurred in 38, by, in 38 when the bridge was completed. So, well, I can tell I, you just- I, I would like to have seen some information as to what happened, as to what the original plan was. Now, what we're talking about is after the bridge was uh, completed and operating. And I think for the purposes of this review, we're really uh, sort of bookmarking it or bookending it to the time frame that Mr. Spring was involved 
and evaluating his significance in those efforts. When and it was, was it was later than this, it was later than the thirties. So, so it's really related to his involvement is how we're looking at this because he was the resident in the, in the home that we're looking at. Is that Elena, is that correct? Yes, it, it relates to, um, you know, the, the question of the, the bridge construction and the project through the 101 was, you know, important, but um, as far as the significance of this structure, uh, we're looking as to how it relates um, in time to when uh, Mr. Spring lived in at the house. Okay, and I'm just I'm just trying to say that the efforts of him stopping the um, effort to put the freeway through Sausalito was later than the 30s, and there was an election, and the alignment of Bridgeway, which used to be Water Street, to make it a more straight. Uh, shot to the bridge was done in the 30s, but that is not related to this rerouting that connected Mr. Spring. So maybe that's, the two things are very separate, so. When did he, when did he occupy the house on 19 uh, Prospect? Trying to pull up those details right now. My, I'm sorry, my computer is running slow. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think if I recall, he went in there in 41. Does that sound right? It sounds right. And I believe uh, till the 60s, because I think the applicant last time helped me understand that their applicant's family was in there in, I believe, 66. I'm just, I don't have that, that in front of me. Nine, this is Ted Bartlett. It's 1941 to 1966 is when Mr. Spring, Mr. and Mrs. Spring lived at 19 Prospect. Okay, thank you. So does that help, Nate? That does. Okay. So uh, any other comments about the information that we've been given supplementally to help us have a better understanding of uh, the Springs involvement with 19 Prospect? Okay, um, hearing none, I'm gonna ask that we, we considering this new information, um, I would entertain a motion to be able to make a motion about, um, voting to approve or not the information provided for the historic significance of this property. So if anybody wants to make that motion. And I, I would like to say, I'm sorry, before we uh, vote and make the, the motion, I appreciate the extra efforts taken by the applicant. I see that uh, local um, Legal counsel has also weighed in. I appreciate that. I will say that had we had a little bit more of this information in the initial um, document, uh, certainly because we know at least from the plaque at City Hall that Mr. Spring was well known, um, this would have helped us. But we have it now and I appreciate the extra effort. So looking for a motion, and this would be to approve the um, historic resources determination for 19 prospect, including this additional information. Okay, I'll make that. I'm sorry, uh, go ahead. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm a little lost. I thought the applicant was supposed to have a comment at this point, but. 
Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. They, that's true. Let me ask that if they want that opportunity. Thank you, David. Um, would the applicant like to add anything at this time? I apologize for going out of yes, order. Yes, yes, we would absolutely. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for allowing this opportunity. Thank you for everybody for their close review. As you saw in, in uh, Mr. Holbert's letter, there's a lot of history that, and it was fascinating <laughs> research about the Waldo grade and and the history of uh, the springs. And uh, I appreciate the process, and um, I, I think it sounds like we're heading towards approval here, and and. Uh, so um, if there's anything, uh, we can answer more questions, but uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. It appears we have no more questions. Okay. So, so <laughs> can I oh, ask, do you, David? I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to ask who that was, please. <laughs> I believe it was Terry Lovett. No, no, you can't hear me. Can anyone no, hear me? Can anyone hear Terry Lafrano? No, Terry. Yeah, I can see that his name is on the um, call, and that's who I thought was speaking. Yeah, but I've been muted. No, we could. I we could hear, hear you. you. I could hear you. You could hear Terry Lafrano. Uh, yeah. That's what's the name yes. is being. It's indicated on the call. Yeah. Okay, because it says I'm muted, and my my visual is not coming up either. Well, they're fooling you because we can hear you. <laughs> Very good then. I, I, I thought I was excluded from the meeting until you invited me in. Yeah. Uh, I would speak as well as uh, Ted and Ted is doing a fine job. So I'll just let him go unless there's something I think I need to add to it. But I appreciate what's going on. Thank you. Okay. No, Terry, why don't you, why don't you put in your, your two cents too? I, I, I've said my work, my sense, but you've done an amazing job with this application. And, uh, and I believe our, our, our panel of experts who've helped weigh in and, and make sure we get all the facts in front of the commission have, have been excellent, but why don't you say what you want to say and then we'll hopefully turn it over to a motion to approve. Okay. Uh, the only thing I'd add is that I, I do understand that the commissioners all read the information that I put together initially and that the uh, new information added by Mark uh, has been recognized and I look forward to any questions you may have on my portion of the work. I think we're good. I'll give the commission one last opportunity here. We've got a motion. We've almost got a motion on the floor, but if there are any questions of the applicant or their team, it would be this time that they would be appropriate to do that before we move into any other action. So going once, team, going <laughs> twice. I hear no additional comments. So again, I would entertain a motion to approve the historical resources determination for 19 prospect, including the newest information that was provided us to augment their report at this meeting. I'll move it. Thank you, David. Is there a second? I'll second. Thank you, Nate. Uh, Adam, will you please call our roll? <clears throat> Hi, Elena, this is Bill Warner. It's almost 6.30 and um, I'm, I'm still having trouble with my with my sound, so if you give me a call back um, on, a, on a line that works, it's my home line, 415-332-5120 would work. Thank you. Bye. Commissioner Berkowitz? I, we're voting now. Is that correct? Yes, That's right, Nate. Floor. And, and the vote is on to approve or disapprove. 
And uh, the, motion, the motion was to approve. I approve. Thank you. Vice Chair Newman? Yes. Chair Nichols? Yes. Okay, the motion carries. And Thank Commissioner you. Werner, if, if you can hear us, but I don't think that he's able to. So I, what I'd like to do if the commission were, will indulge us before we hear the next project, which we have, and congratulations to the team from 19 Prospect. Thank you for your participation in this. You're good to go. Um, Thank you very much. We, Thank you welcome. very much. You're welcome. Good night. Before we, good night. Uh, before we start the next project, which we've not heard before, uh, can we try to call Bill's number and see if we can get him on the line? Did anyone possible? get, I can give Bill a call from my cell here. Okay. Do you, did you have the number he gave you? We do have called? an iPhone calling in now. Let's see if that's him. Okay. Sorry for this little snafu, but technology is great till it doesn't work. <laughs> Recording. I think that echo means that that might be Commissioner Werner who just called in from the phone. And sometimes that'll happen if he's got, if it's two devices close to each right. other. So I'm wondering if he's somehow linked on his computer and he's got that phone next to it. I think so. Yeah. So to the applicants for 426 Pine, we're just trying to get this resolved so that we have the most participation as possible. I apologize for the delay, but um, if you can indulge us for just a moment more, we'll try to get our other commissioner on the line so we can have everybody with us for your report. No worries, we, we appreciate your time. Thank this you, thank you. Commissioner Werner, it looks like you're still on the call. If you are and you can hear us, could you please let us know? I can hear you. Fantastic. So, I can hear you. Can you hear okay. me? Yes. And okay, so, well, so okay. get Shall I shut off my computer connection? Yes, if you are, if you're doing fine on your phone, that would be great to prevent any feedback. I am, I am. Okay, great. And because we had a little business before this, before we actually go in, the team for 426 Pine is here and they're being very patient. But I would like to ask if you have any public declaration declarations uh, to um, put on the record. If you have them, we could do that now at this time. I do not. Perfect. Thanks very much, Bill. Okay. Um, would uh, Elena, are you doing this? You are. Um, will you give us the presentation? Set us up for 426 Pine Street, please. 
Yes, let me share my screen. Okay. Can we see the presentation? I, I'm yep. able to, yeah. Everybody else good? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so we're here to consider uh, a historic resource determination request for the property at 426 Pine Street. This is independence uh, or in uh, anticipation of a future design review permit submission, which the department has not yet received. Um, project ID 2021-0341. The site is located on the north side of Pine Street beneath, between Bonita and Caledonia Streets. Uh, the structure uh, was built in 1922 on, I believe, a 0.8 uh, acre lot. It's a front gabled asymmetric entry, meaning the front porch is asymmetrically recessed with the rest of the front of the building. Um, the low pitch roof, moderate eaves, decorative brackets, and exposed rafters. There are two rear additions that date roughly from the 1950s, 1960s, and the exterior is in green trim with um, wood shingling, which was added um, later. Underneath the shingling, there is a, a evidence of um, horizontal siding, lap siding. The architect is unknown. More details can be found in the HRE, HRD um, IP information packet and in the staff report. Some addi additional structure photos showing um, fenestration. There is a variety of different windows on the property that are not original. Some are original or some are more historic than others, but um, very few of them match. I'm gonna let the um, Prepare, uh, the historic architect was here tonight, uh, give more details about the windows. Um, and there's more information, as I said, in the staff report and the historic resources determination information packet. Um, on the rear, I'm, I included this photo to show um, the details of the two additions to the rear of the property and this deck, which is um, obviously newer, newer construction. The neighboring buildings in this new town neighborhood uh, date from approximately 1890 to 1930 um, and are a variety of styles, including craftsman, Victorian, revival, and mid-century modern. Um, in this picture, you can see the houses that flank the subject property. And this is across the street. But no two houses are alike. Uh, the permit history that we have on the house is, is, is not deep um, and includes uh, back to 1979, replacement update of the breaker box, uh, 1995 removal and replacement of the roof, 2007 installation of the gas burning fireplace, 2016 inspection and repair of the sewer lateral, 2017 replacement of the electrical box uh, and renovation of the kitchen, including moving a non-load bearing wall. Um, those two additions are not um, 
to the rear of the property, we don't have a permit history for that in our historic files. Um, and here's a short summary of the past residents and owners. Uh, currently, uh, Mr. Byer uh, is the owner and occupant of the house. Um, an applicant for this uh, for this resource uh, historic resources determination. Um, prior to that was Patricia Thompson, who was an occupant, um, a clinical social worker. Uh, prior prior to that was uh, David Griffin. Um, back to 1989. Um, before that was 1975 to 1984, Graham Wilson and Sharon Bennett. Um, we have record that Michael Nail was an owner of the property in 1973. It's unclear if he lived there. From 1956 to 1975, uh, we um, do not have a record of occupants or owners, um, except for Michael Nail. And from 1922 to 1956, William and Alice Lewis were the owners and occupants. Um, William Lewis laid linoleum and Alice Lewis kept house. Uh, the HRD packet was prepared by Stacy DeShazo of Evans and DeShazo Incorporated. And I see that Stacy is here with us tonight. It was submitted to the Community Development Department on December 15th of 2021 and included uh, HRDIP application um, and, the, and its contents, but no other further supplementary information. The uh, supplementary photos were provided by staff. I've provided some draft findings uh, for the um, of no significance um, to the Historic Preservation Commission tonight. Um, if there are any questions, uh, I'm happy to take them. Uh, otherwise, we can turn it over to the applicants. Thank you, Elena. Any questions from the commissioners to Elena regarding her? initial, uh, excuse me, staff report, <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> I'm not seeing the individual boxes. So Adam, does anybody indicating they have a question? I'm not seeing any indications of any questions, Chair. Okay, I have just a couple and they're more uh, to try to get an understanding of how records are being accessed at this point. Um, I know that the city had uh, had the building, individual building address records out for digitizing. Mm -hmm. I checked with staff this morning and I understand they are now back in the building, but they're not yet available electronically. So my question is, how are applicants being directed to do this research? Uh, if they can't get city records, and now I'm a little confused because I heard you say, we, 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 does that mean that it's from your records, meaning the city that you're getting these applicants? And does that mean that other very normal resources such as directories, newspapers, et cetera, have not been accessed. I will ask the historian more about that, but I, this is pretty, um, pretty light information. And I'm just, um, I'm concerned about, I know when we uh, wrote the regulations and moved to this process, it was to um, 
really replaced what the former HLB did. And we spent probably four or five or six hours on each report individually as volunteers. Um, we knew where to access records and usually could provide much more information than this. I'm concerned there's this 37 year gap in this little house and I haven't seen anything significant about any modifications. So, so I'm concerned about how we're accessing the records. I also appreciate that it's been probably difficult for applicants, but I do understand that they have the ability to come in and access the computer as they would normally do to get the electronic records, but this is rather new. So I'll, I'll get back to the historian, but I wonder if you can update us on the process, Elena at City Hall. Thank you. Hi, you're welcome. Um, so there are plans to make our digitized files accessible to the public uh, through a portal, um, but we, that has not yet been realized. The planning um, files have been digitized and are accessible to us. Um, and when we get a request for access to the information contained therein, we uh, can either, if there's not a lot, you know, send it over to the, um, the requester as a PDF, or they can come in and access uh, that directly on our computer. Uh, typically, I will, uh, I help people do this research often um, and go into the historic files. There's uh, scans of microfiche. I do believe that there is a cache of files uh, relating to planning submittals that have not yet been included in um, the digitized records and that there are plans to go and pull these boxes out of storage, scan them and make them available. But at this time, we don't have an index for them or know what is included in the files. Um, and, and I myself don't even know where they are, but I understand that there is there are more files to go into the record um, that will be available at some point. Um, I believe Mr. Thomas <coughs> is preparing that staff report to go to the city council to ask for funding for that project. Um, so, who is asking for that? Uh, he um, he's our contract uh, building official. Now he's been leading oh. the digitization project. Okay. So, I just okay. want to let you know that that, that project is is um, is underway, if not fully realized okay. yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, that answers my question, and I, um, yeah, <laughs> we we don't have all the information we might need, but let's um, go ahead and hear from the applicant, and we may have uh, some of these things answered, and if so, then we can um, you know hear their presentation and maybe drill down to specific questions if we have them. So the applicant um, is welcome to come and talk um, with your project, talk about your project. Uh, you have 15 minutes and that's uh, for your whole team. Uh, if we stop and ask you questions, which is not likely that we will always already always do, I think we'll probably let you give your presentation and hold our questions. But if, if there's something that that generates that kind of question, we'll stop the clock. So you, you definitely have your 15 minutes um, to do your presentation. Um, we've all received the staff report that Alina's just gone over. So we've been able to, to use that. And we've seen your photographs that were included. So um, you can start when you're ready. I think Adam will give you um, access to share screen or whatever you'd like to do. 
I'm not sure who's speaking. All right. That's why I haven't said anything. So, <laughs> um, Chair Nichols, this is Jake Byer. I'm, I'm the owner and the applicant. Apologies. I actually didn't even know that um, I had the opportunity to, um, to do a presentation. So I don't have anything prepared, but, okay. um, you know, happy to, to answer any questions or concerns. And I appreciate everyone taking the time and being here this evening. We're, we're excited about this project. Uh, I, I might just provide some short context on, on why we're here and, uh, and we can go from there. I do also have David Grabin from G Family Design. Uh, they're a design build contracting firm that's helping us work with the city, as well as um, Stacy uh, Tashezo, who I asked to join very last minute. Um, so she may be, may or may not be driving at the moment. Uh, who, who, but she was a historian who prepared the 47-page report uh, on the home uh, in hopes that we could get the context that we needed. And there is actually a section on the methodology and all of the places that she researched in order to get um, the contents for that report. Um, so if it's helpful, we can we could dive into that section of the report. Um, but if I may, you know, we've been living in Salcedo, my wife and I, Georgia, since, since 2016. You know, we're pretty active community members. We're a family of four, soon to be a family of five. I just and, want to, yeah, before, go you, go, before yeah. you go too farther, excuse me, I just want to make sure that you're, that we have a clear understanding of what we do here. We're not sure. here to, to, to hear anything about your design review. Okay. Uh, okay that's planning commission. So okay. what we're really going to be concerned with is Stacy's report. And okay. I did not see those sources, but I would have expected those in the report. So we know what we're looking at. So, um, is it, you, are you able to share that or? Yeah, give me one sec here. Okay. Uh, and Stacy, I'm gonna share my screen. If you can hear us and you're not driving, feel free to, to keep me honest here. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm, what I'm gonna do is, unless you have another recommendation, there's a section on methods. And I was gonna pull that up if that makes the most sense. So there, there's methods and there's sources. I think we'd love to know the sources too, what was used. Jake, did you want me to address this? Yeah, if you don't mind. And, and then if, if we need to feel like we need to share the screen and go through that section, we can. But yeah, if you, if you don't mind, Stacey, that'd be amazing. Yeah, and I can, um, if, if you can share the screen, because I... I um... Well, I, I'm actually not allowed to. If I can get permission to share my screen, that would be helpful. And then I can talk through it. I've just given you a co-host abilities, Jake, so you can go ahead and share your screen. Thank you. Uh, oh, here we go. Yep. Looks like. And Vicky, my name is David Grabham with Chi Design. Um, the 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 staff has received that forty seven page report already, right? You guys have seen that? We have the contents of the historic resources determination information packet, um, which I think is different than potentially this uh, product provided by Evans and DeShazo. Okay, because this is a 47 page report that's that's very in depth, I would say with the history of the, not only the house, but also Sausalito in the area and how it all came oh. about. Well, I think that what, what we're primarily looking at, and I would love to have any information, so I'm sorry we didn't see that, 
but what we really rely on is the completeness of this form. And to me, the form is a little light to help me understand. So it sounds like maybe there was more information <clears throat> done. Um, I, I don't know how we can review it at this, at this late date though. So if, if there's a way to talk through this, that would be helpful. I, I'm not sure, are the others? Do you um, have any specific questions that Stacy has for, for the project or property? I just, I don't know, I, I mean, to do the presentation without any kind of questions on the project or property, I don't, it's just kind of vague and we, we would love to kind of pinpoint and help you out with whatever questions you have. It just would help if you, if you could actually um, let us know what you, what you're thinking or questions of what you're thinking. So let me ask the other commissioners if we're kind of at the stage where we're in the, in the uh, presentation and we're going to do it a little bit flexible under the circumstances. Do any of the other commissioners have <clears throat> any questions uh, that were um, rose to the surface from the form that we had, understanding we don't have the full detailed information that the applicant um, prepared? I, can I get an affirmative yes or no from the commissioners, just so we can have that on the record? You can hear from me. Um, Hi, David. Yeah, I agree with you. There's a big gap in the information that was provided to us in terms of occupancy of the house. Mm -hmm. I think is important. I think the other, and I, I won't speak for Bill, but he's been very... Uh, uh, firm and uh, sincere and uh, eloquent about the fact that Newtown is made up of a number of small residential structures that uh, by themselves individually uh, may have been modified to such a degree that uh, look, looked at um, under the CEQA requirements, the four requirements uh, may, not, may not qualify. And uh, I'm familiar with this house just because I've, frankly, uh, <laughs> admired it when I've walked by in comparison to some other ones, uh, because I think it's very tastefully designed and so forth. But as a historic artifact, which is what we're dealing with, uh, I agree with you, uh, Vicki, that there's a big gap in the ownership and therefore the whole issue of sequa number two criteria associated with the lives of persons important in our past, uh, which we just dealt with on the previous item, I think is, I found to be um, unfortunate that there was such a gap. And I was under the understanding that county records would suffice to find such um, ownership particularly in the period where there's that 30 some year gap, I think you cited a few minutes ago. So I guess I'm, um, I don't have a problem with the architectural assessment. It, it has been modified. It's been significantly modified. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, putting all of the new aluminum windows in as a pretty much a no-no in terms of preservation approach. Uh, although I'm sure from an energy standpoint, whoever put those in felt they were doing the right thing. 
Uh, but I'm my hardest, um, the hardest thing I have as a question is criteria two, is this particular dwelling unit associated with the lives of persons important in our past? And I don't think we have enough information on that, frankly. So how about if we do this, how about since we've keyed the applicant to a point that we're concerned about, let's let them focus on this extra information, David, and see what they've got, uh, if that's okay. And then we'll take it from there. I actually have some questions on, uh, I didn't reach the same conclusions on the, um, the state of the architecture, but uh, we can get to that later, but uh, let's let them give their presentation um, and see where we go from there. Is that okay? Give me so is that the applicant, question? Yeah, is the, fine okay. with me if they can. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't. My question is, I'm sorry, Jake. My question is about who lived in the house for 35 years. <laughs> and, uh, that seems to be an important factor in determining uh, our vote on the secret requirements under number two. So, and I've not seen this 47 page report. So maybe it's included in that and maybe Mr. Graham can help us with that as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I also would like, just because I can barely see this on the screen uh, to, before we start, let's identify the sources that were used just for the record. I see, a, is that a Sanborn map there? I think. Um, um, Stacy, you yeah, maybe we'll let Stacy chat for a sec. That's okay. Yeah. Just to end, yeah. Yeah, let's let the let's let the preparer go through her report if we want, could. Yeah, I hear a lot of questions that I think I can already answer. So um Jake, can you first I want to make sure you pulled the right report. So I need to see the cover sheet and the date on it. Does it say November? Nope, wrong one. Okay. So okay. Take that one off and then let me, the one we submitted is the one that is November uh, 14th, 2021. And I, if you want, I can share my screen, Adam, if you'll. Um, Perfect. And then I will, um, sorry, I, you guys, I just got back from field work in St. Helena and I'm a bit of a mess. So I'm going to turn on the video, but <laughs> I'm in an old sweatshirt and stuff. So nothing professional. We don't care okay. about that. <laughs> I don't forgive me. We all get like that. So go, go right ahead. <laughs> so it's my, it's my daughter's, um, she's a Colorado buff. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta show my support. So, um, all right. Am I ready to share Adam? You do have screen sharing abilities, Stacy. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you. Let's see here. Okay. I think you guys can all see this. Is that correct? I made it. I made it large so you could see it. Um, yeah, that's correct. Okay. So, um, so just to sort of um, talk a little bit about this, I was not aware that the package that would go to um, to the commission would not include my historic resource evaluation because that is the technical document that's required under CEQA. The local document that we do for the city would not suffice under CEQA to be used um, for a determination of significance. So 
Um, it's sort of a condensed version, which I love. I love that that document works well. I do them in other cities, but it's not meant to be in lieu of it or replace it or not be included. So I don't know, um, Adam, how that works with the city, but, um, but my hope is that in the future you would get these historic resource evaluation documents. So um, just as what's required, everything that's in this document, it was required by the California State Office of Historic Preservation. So all the sections that are within this document um, are all the required sections by our state um, historic preservation office and under CEQA. So, uh, which you guys have seen all this before. Uh, and then what Jake had been referring to is this method section. I'm gonna move us out of the way. Um, so this is where obviously this isn't, these are our resources. The sources are in the bibliography and, and historic, historic documents, as you probably all know, are required to be footnoted. So they're not inline text, they're all footnoted. So the sources are all there um, uh, in the bibliography, but this is your sort of introduction of what we do. We did get the entire record search from the city. We had all the permits, all the documentation. We go to the NWIC, which you all know is at Sonoma State. Um, and we do research there. We went to the uh, Marin County Assessor Recorder Office. Um, we did check in with the um, Sausalito, Sausalito Historical Society. Um, and then we also have access to Sanborns, um, digital all Sanborns for the whole entire state of California, ancestry.com, newspapers.com, all that gets checked. The other thing we check is the cultural resource inventories, which are all of these, National Register, California Register, Landmarks, et cetera, et cetera. I'm gonna go through this real quick. Um, cause I think you all know, you know, where we go. Um, here's the listing of all the online resources we go through. Um, all these things are checked. We check the Pacific coast architectural database for any architects known, um, the American architects directory. Um, so there's an extensive amount of research that's done and we, it's really always tough on us when we end up with uh, a section that we can't account for. Now, you know, if we had an unlimited amount of time, we can often, you know, a year later, six months later, we can come up with this information. But a lot of houses that end up with these gaps end up being rentals, and it can be really hard to trace. Um, but, um, you know, we have all sorts of ways to check on addresses, old addresses, Sanborn map addresses. So we go by the original addresses, um, that are on the Sanborn or any kind of city records. So we do all of that exhaustively. And more than anyone, I have to tell you, it's difficult when we have a gap. Um, and then I'm gonna get to that and how that works for the California register. Um, can I, can I, JC, can I just uh, yeah, yeah, ask, you, yeah. ask you something specifically? Thank you for all the resources. Those are standard yeah. resources. I'm more interested in in the historical society, did you use the phone directories, which would have identified this 37 year gap? Yeah. Yes. Did you use the yeah. county directories? Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that yeah. if they're listed, then that helps us, not just that you went to the historical society. So it's in the bibliography section. So um, when you, and your attachments in here as well. So in the, I'm gonna scroll up there as soon as I can. 
So what you'll find in um, the bibliography section is all of the documentation that we <laughs> um, in regards to roll calls, state of California, marriage license. So yes, we, we do go through directories. Um, sometimes we come up with nothing. It often helps when they're reverse directories so we can you know, track someone's name or um, we also go with neighbors. Sometimes I'll look through another property to find the next door neighbor, which I'm really looking for. Um, so, um, but, um, but this is a gap and I'm happy to spend a little more time and try to fill it again. But um, we've spent about, I would say 22 hours researching, um, <laughs> three, 25 hours researching the history of this house um, or more which is pretty standard. Um, and often with, um, I'm just gonna get back to the property history. Often with um, sort of areas <laughs> that are gaps. And I think the question really is, <laughs> is, is there someone there that would rise to the level um, of being eligible for listing under criterion two? Uh -huh. I think that's the, that's the big question, right? Um, which I think you guys were getting at. And if you, I can explain that a little more. I can take a pause and let you guys ask some questions or um, whatever you think would be appropriate at this time. Stacey, can we just go to the dates quick on that last page, mm -hmm. just to make sure, because if, if this wasn't reviewed in preparation, 1922, 1956, so we're talking about 56, 1956 to 1973. Yeah. We went over it again. Yeah, it's 37, okay. 37 yeah. year gap. Yeah, so here is when um, William died, right? In 58, um, there could be, a, you know, we just couldn't come up with anything. And there was nothing at the city. There was nothing at the county, at the assessor office. Um, there was nothing in the directories for this address. And it, it could be that the family held on to it and then they rented it out. Um, as I said, you know, we do an exhaustive effort uh, when we do these. And um, when there is something missing, you know, it's never, never easy. Um, but the threshold to get to, you know, an important person living in a house they can't just be a person live there that's important locally. They have to have done something that's related to the house or when they were living there. So I we, try we, to. We're familiar with that. Yeah. So, I mean, so those gaps um, often the way that I was trained and, and what I've been doing for 20 years is if you can't find the person that lived there, it's unlikely. It's unlikely if they're not known it's unlikely that they would meet this criterion. This is a hard criterion to meet. It's very hard. It's very unusual. Usually we find our criterions lie in event and uh, construction and architecture or architects. Um, but to hit number two is very difficult um, to meet. And one thing that might be worth pointing out it is I think you showed in your report um, that if we go back to the list of owners, mm -hmm. the husband died and then the life, the wife lived in an adjacent property and then died about the same time as 
Mr. Nail took ownership at some point. So yeah. she was living close by as a widow, you know, whether or not she was renting it or mother was living there at yeah, that last bullet point or last second, to last bullet point. William died in 1958, age 55. Alice continued to live at 1922 house adjacent to her mother until about 1970. Alice died in San Rafael in 1977. And then there's a new owner in 1973 or thereabouts. Right. So, so we in, just, and Vicki, does this, I, I've, I haven't this been is, in one of these this is, this is, meetings this, before yet. And this is uh, what we would have needed, but it's very difficult for me to look at all this now, frankly. Uh, well, I, well, she's I just showing you the questions you asked, which is the gap, right? It's your big question you asked. And she's showing you the research she did on the gap. And I was just wondering, it seems like she did an incredibly thorough job, but I, like I said, I've never been to this. Can you tell me, is there somewhere else she should have looked or something else she should have done that, that could help fill that gap? I have no idea. So I was just- Well, there's the, the 1940 census. There's the directories in the historical society that identify who was in the residence if they were an owner or a renter. Um, we used to do these ourselves. I'm not a you know, professional, but we learned. So those are just the things I would use, but I understand that you may not have had access to those with, you know, uh, access to city hall and have done all this stuff online, which is, you know, right. limited. Right. Uh, it, I mean, it's great that you're saying that uh, chair Vicki, because that um, that's been sort of a problem during COVID where we've been allowed to, we can't get anyone to do the research internally. And then we end up doing, you know, a lot of things online for this one. I, I, we did go to the assessor, you know, recorder office. We, we were not allowed to access any of the directories in person. So, but we have access to those at, on Ancestry.com, but it exactly what you're saying is sort of that, um, it sort of is a little more challenging. Um, so I, I appreciate you mentioning that because, you know, we pride ourselves on exhausting because I get, you know, it's very difficult for me to have a gap. Um, and we did have really great information, lots of documents. Can you see the um, it's very difficult for me to see this right now. I mean, I'm really disappointed that we didn't get to see this yeah. <clears throat> to consider this deliberation. I'm unfortunately my computer is bad. I'm on my phone. Oh. I can't see this stuff and without, then, you know, so. And how does that work? Um, just, just so I'm clear and maybe, you know, future applicants it, because I've presented before and the HRE has been included so I'm unclear why it wasn't this time. Um, and I, I don't know if that's something you would see regularly or, cause that concerns me. Um, well, that's uh, a question we can bring back to staff and I think we will. And I agree with you. Yeah, um, I chime yeah. in. I've looked through all the files that we have in our tracking system and in our um, hard drive, uh, our, our, our server drives. And I don't see the HR, I don't see this report in there. Um, so I don't know um, if it was somehow submitted, but not, but missed, but I don't see the files anywhere. How did you make your, did, didn't you make your findings off this report? I, ha I have no idea, but I, I would assume that when we turned in that document, we submitted the report. And I would think that a lot of these findings that you put up here were taken directly off of the report, or did you find this, this information yourself? 
We, we provide draft findings and, and we use the application form as, as completed and filled out, which has a lot of the, you know, what I presented in the, um, in my, in my presentation, but it's, it's attached to the staff report, what we have <clears throat> and what, yep, what, we, the, what we did our analysis based off of. The information that's in the staff report matches the, the report that Stacy put together. Um, that's why we were, I thought everyone had had read through that, but it it still doesn't negate the fact that Stacy's done a ton of research and put in a tremendous amount of time and spent a bunch of Jake's money to try to put together a complete report um, for you guys. And, and the only thing I'm hearing is that there's this gap, which I totally understand. It seems to me that it, you know that that potentially happens all the time. And just like Stacy said, you would think that. Um, if there was some significance or somebody living there, you would be able to find that fairly easy. Um, but, you know, again, this is my first time at a historical meeting. And I was just wondering, Vicki, is that the is that kind of the sticking point for you guys right now? Or is there something else? Any other questions you have? Um, when I look at the, the, that house, of course, I'm not a historical architect at all. Um, and, and I look at it and I think that the house is in major disrepair. It has several different kinds of windows. Um, the whole entire house, I, I don't think represents uh, anything you would want to save. So I was, I was surprised that, that we even needed a 45 page report. But um, again, I'm naive when it comes to the historical aspects, even though I did restorations for a big part of my designing career and they were, um, beautiful projects worth restoring, but I, I don't find this house to be that. So um, I just was wondering, is there something else? Any other yes. questions that we could ask? Okay. Yes. So I would like to be specific then and go through the findings that need to be made for local or California register. California, I'm taking these straight out of our context statement. This house has been in the same location. It's pretty much the same footprint. So I'd like to hear from Stacy how she made the conclusions that the seven categories were not significant. And if she's done that analysis and it's in the report, I'm sorry, we didn't see that. Aww. We don't look at a house that's in disrepair necessarily, but I can't be clear from her narrative. I see some windows that are look to be original and then don't look to be original in other sections. So I'd almost appreciate her to walk around. Are the vinyl windows and the addition in the back? That was added in the 60s. That has no bearing to the front of the property. So those are the things that don't sink for me. I actually live in this neighborhood and know most of these houses when they were developed. Um, and I don't, you know, it's not clear to me that I hear that the shingles are over the cladding or the horizontal um, siding, but does that mean that, that that's gone, that that isn't the original that's there that's just been covered up? So these types of cottages or smaller houses are indicative of this area. We have talked about a potential historic district for this area, so I'm using extra scrutiny to make sure that we're not picking off individual properties uh, at a time. We are not in the period of evaluating for a district, but I'm looking at this in the context of uh, what is original 
and and I and you know I don't know how long people usually spend on these reports. I rep appreciate this report, but um, it's the information that we're looking for, regardless of the length of time. So um, those are the questions I have. It, is the horizontal siding intact? Where are the where are the vinyl there's no way to know if the horizontal siding is intact because it's under the shingles, and you would assume that people don't just shingle their house. It's the most expensive sidewall you can do. So the horizontal siding is obviously in disrepair. That's why they went over it. And the footprint is not the same. There's two two additions that are clearly 1960s, 1970s on the back side of the house that that make the house look terrible basically. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, those are just some of the things that she pointed out in her report. I don't, I don't think that all of the information got transferred, but go ahead, Stacy. and, and uh, sorry for jumping in there. Yeah, one last thing I'll add on the windows. Sorry, Stacey, and then I'll let you go. Is, <laughs> I think about, um, it's over about 80% of the windows are, like the, the front, if you look in the front of the house, I have Renewal by Anderson. Um, and if you count the windows, I think there's, uh, maybe just about 30 or so, and about 80% of those are definitely not original to the home. But go for it, Stacey. Sorry. So, uh, Chair Vicki, I think you're the, you, it, we're sort of dealing with two different questions. Um, for the California Register is something separate. Um, and you were, you're actually looking at local. So, as, as you know, the California Register doesn't evaluate for local um, significance. That's not its state. So the heavyweight of the, the historic resource evaluation and that documentation that you guys didn't get in that report is really weighted in California register. Then we have your, the, um, the local form, um, which is required by the city. And then do you mind um, if, uh, Adam, if I share my screen again? Go ahead, Stacy. I believe you still have the ability. Okay because I think I'm worried now that you don't have the correct um, uh, local form. Uh, let's see, let me make sure I have it. So could, could you just maybe answer and walk, walk us through the window situation? Sure. That seems so, to be something that's, uh, it's not clear to me that, that most of these windows are replacements and if they are then if you could point out the areas it looked to me like the uh the sun porch was original you you've indicated that some of these areas are original so i'm just trying to figure out what's the extent of the modification here because certainly the building records don't show all these changes which as we know they are not a complete record right so i'm trying to understand what's happened here and um you know, I personally need this information to do what we're supposed to be doing here. I think we have a count. Uh, we have an exact count of how many. Can she walk us through the areas? Yeah, and I have. Um, yeah, she's got right, it on her you know. report here. Yeah, and just areas. Like you know, Jake, you might be able to do that easier. And just you already said the front windows are renewal by Anderson. Those are the main ones, I think, that are the issue. Um, but Jake, can you just it'd be probably hard for Stacy to go through and find all that. Why don't you just kind of go around, talk about the side, the front, the other side, the back, and we'll go from there. 
Yeah, she's, so listed, she's listed it in her report by area, and I'd like to give her explanation okay. of where she says it's original and where it isn't. That's what I'm not seeing sync. Yeah. So, um, and and you know, David's correct. Jake would do a better job because I have didn't get a chance to prepare for this um, pro this um, presentation. So um, he would definitely have a better handle on those right now i'm i was showing originally that we had 24 windows total and 14 of them are not original um at least at, 14 at least 14 so um i, I just actually want to backtrack just a, a little bit to let you know so unfortunately because you don't have the historic resource evaluation you don't have the integrity section which goes through that in detail so um what we're looking at is really looking for those things, like you said, uh, Chair Vicki, which is really looking for those things that um, make a uh, um, property or building or what have you significant and finding those character defining features and windows, as you know, are the most one of the most important things. Um, and it's unfortunate. I, I don't know if these were not permitted. I mean, they don't seem to be permitted, but <laughs> but, you know, there was a significant amount that's replaced. But another thing that's a an issue with this house is the the other things that have been replaced. But I think for for your question, what you're trying to figure out is, are they for my evaluation? I don't look at it's on the front. It's on the side. It's on the this. I look at the building as a whole. And it's the number of replacement and what they are, have the window openings changed and things like that. That's how I look um, at what I'm required to do for my evaluation. I think locally, obviously it's the street facing views, but we don't consider that when we're looking at um, number of windows missing. Um, it, it could be important, but often it's really that the windows are not original. Um, so, but I believe that Jake can best answer which ones those are, because I think that really plays more to your local, um, which is, I think, is what you're getting at addressing. Yeah, for concerned about the front of the house, there's, there's five windows, four to the five are renewal by Anderson. I mean, it's a rectangle. It's a 1300 square foot house. We could go side by side if you wanted to. Um, but the the other some of the other parts of the house have have new windows as well and and the second story um which is not legally square footage but there's um windows that have been replaced up there as well as the bedrooms both both bedrooms the window next to me and what's the third bedroom also has a replacement um so it's it's on all four sides of the house. If you walk around, you'll see renewal by Anderson windows. And and in addition to that, Jake, the trim in the house has all been changed as uh, as well on the exterior to to work with the new shingle set. So not only is there less than fifty percent of the windows original, also all the trim has been redone on all the windows. So is there a threshold, Vicky, that you say? Uh, you know, 50% of the windows are still original and that's our threshold. Is there some kind of threshold or is, is this just a lot of gray area? And, and um, I, again, I don't know, just wondering. No, I just was trying to determine from the narrative um, 
where some was original, some wasn't. And it was a lot to read. And I was having a hard time visually going around the house. I didn't do a site visit. It's, <clears throat> it's, you can't see from the street, you know, because of the hedge, which is kind of fun, the shape of the hedge, but you can't see the house. So um, let, me, let me ask the other commissioners. David, do you still have questions about um, uh, the individual? Could, could you answer my question, Vicki? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to learn here and process. This is my first meeting, so I wanna know going forward, is there, is there some kind of marker that you're thinking of or a threshold that you're thinking of? Like, I just don't know, so I was just wondering. No, no, I don't believe there is. Okay, thank you. I'm just trying to see what, you know, if someone's saying everything's been replaced or windows have been placed and it's two, is that something that can be restored when the rest of the building is intact? It's, it's, that's how I'm looking at this. Got it. And you're saying, you know, that every, that none of these original windows are original and that's a different factor that we're looking at. So well, That's no, I was I'm saying the trim from. has all been redone to allow for the new the new siding. Some of the windows are definitely original, uh, but most of them are are new. But all of the trim has been replaced to allow for the build out of the siding. Right. So when I look at a restoration, I'm looking at the trim also. Like I said, I used to do restorations for the main part of my my company, and we would literally cut the molding the exact same and make knives and router everything the exact same full restoration, which I love to do. Um, but I just see there's so much of this house, literally the whole skin is a totally different house. So I was just wondering if what the threshold is and how much of it is a, has to be original or even that is even a factor or just a judgment. Um, so thank you for answering my question. Okay. Thank you, David. Um, in light of the, um, Stacy walking us through the information that we did not get, which is a shame. Um, are you comfortable with that or do we want, uh, do we need more time to look at this? My original comment was about the gap in occupancy of the house. Right. And I, I still, you know, we know that uh, Sausalito had some relatively and very famous people that were renters. They weren't owners in some cases. Uh, and so that's what I was thinking of primarily. I'm not, uh, I think that it is a qualitative decision related to the character of the uh, property architecturally as opposed to what it was. I did read the report. It did say 14 of the 24 windows or new windows. Um, I have no reason to argue with that. Um, I have no reason to argue with the idea that they put uh, shake shingles on the outside because someone liked that and they didn't like the original siding or it was damaged or who knows. Uh, so architecturally, I'm not gonna argue that the house has the same character that it had in 1922, because I don't think it does. Um, and the other two criteria uh, of course, about prehistory and, and the uh, distinctive characteristics of our method of construction. I don't, I don't think it did either. This is the same, and you echoed that, and I'm surprised Bill hasn't spoken up. <laughs> but again, it's about the new town and the fact that um, these small houses uh, built in that period of time were about 
the big important part of uh, the history of the evolution of the city of Sausalito and that these were what we would have called at the time middle-class housing. Um, and they played an important part in developing the rail lines and the other uh, marine industry that is here or has been in the city. Uh, but that's not what's uh, we're, we're discussing. We're discussing right now one property, right. you know, what its condition is right now. And the only serious question I had was that, that the gap wasn't five or 10 years. It was, you know, 30 years, which seemed to me to be a very large gap. And just to assure Stacy, normally we do get HREs. So I'm not sure why we did not get the HRE. In fact, I wondered why it wasn't there. Um, and not just the HR, you know, the application form from the city. Um, I think that I'm convinced that uh, Stacy uh, and whoever <laughs> did the best they could given the current cir circumstances for that 35 or 37 or whatever it is year gap. And um, uh, it's unfortunate we don't have that information, but uh, that, that's really the only question that I had. Okay, so I just wanted to ask uh, that I just was thinking about um, the report in on criteria four. Um, could we go back and see what Stacy's response is on that? Um, this is cultural resources. Did she evaluate that? This is a known uh, down the with the within parcels. This is a known burial site. It's documented. And we've had other properties that have been reviewed that have looked into this. So was there any- I'm sorry, any, the known burial site for what? Um, Miwok. Miwok. Uh, oh, it does, does well, that have to do, oh, interesting. Well, let, let's, <laughs> let the, let's let the uh, historian answer criteria for what you looked yeah, at. So so this is an archaeological study, um, and and obviously I am a former archaeologist, but don't tell anyone. Um, so my business partner is an archaeologist. We have way too much archaeology going on in Marin County. Um, we are aware of the nearby uh, burial site. It would not. It you know this is something that. Um, if required, the city, you know, would need to do consultation. I don't know if AB 52 is required at this point um, for this property, but there is um, no known archeological records at this property. Um, so right now um, you're unknown. I mean, <laughs> there can be archeology span everywhere, right? I mean, it's, it's everywhere. So um, currently, there are no known archaeological sites within the boundaries of this property. Um, but if a cultural resource study or an archaeological assessment or study was required by the city for this, they could address those questions for within the property. Um, you know, we have obviously done that before, but um, obviously we're discussing sensitive information. Um, and, but there was nothing from the Northwest Information Center that came back as positive for this property. That's the answer I was looking yeah. for. So you yeah. did check that. Okay. <laughs> if there wasn't, I wouldn't say it in public. 
Just well, kidding. that site's known and documented because it's been, you know, yeah, it's very well clear. Known. And, and, and there's so, been part. There's and thank been you for bringing that up. There's been participation with the tribe on the street, so we know that, and particularly across the street. So it's published, or I would have never said that. Yes, I would have brought it to you. staff. I know yeah. the rules. Um, and we okay, are on, so if you if you've looked at that, that's yes. great. Yes, and and we are one of three qualified architects archaeology firms um, approved by FIGR. So um, if, if there's anything needed or any questions or anything about that, you know, happy to talk with the city or um, Chair Vicki with you, definitely personally, you know, we have a lot of records and things and happy, happy to assist in any way. So I think it would be beneficial because it is so close to properties that I've known that the sites have occurred on previous HLB and also as a planning commissioner, um, for you to have that conversation with staff as a little supplement, since you have done this research and to add it on, you know, not to get you to go to extra work, but just to um, add on that you, you have reviewed that and, you know, to your knowledge so right. that it's been done. Cause that is, you're within, parcels of known sites literally oh, that's right so i i that's in the hre it's just not on your um okay city form <laughs> so, yeah see i didn't see it so that's why i asked uh, i'm so sorry about that no it's but not I will, your fault I'll, just, yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely email the city on the on the side make sure that's clarified for sure okay that would be great so are, are there any other comments uh, from commissioners Okay, all right. Oh, we ready to make a motion on the historical resources determination with the caveat that Stacy's going to provide a little bit more information as we've discussed on criteria four for cultural resources on the site, just to have as a good record to go with the project going forward. And, um, and she has submitted this HRE that we were not able to see. I would sure like to see that even without the action, I mean, even after the fact with the action we take tonight. And I'd make a strong recommendation to staff um, that uh, for whatever reason uh, that they, you know, we make sure that we get those included with our reports next time so that we don't, so we have all the information that's been prepared and we, um, it's smoother for everybody. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Um, so that would be my suggestion, and I'll entertain a motion, as I said. Is there a motion for approval on this? Is my speaker open? It is. Do you is have any com comments, Bill? I, yes, I, I do, and I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I'm, I've been sort of handicapped here with not having my computer working. Um, I, I wholeheartedly agree with with. with, with with David Newman about the about the issue of, 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 of this gap, but it seems to me that the gap is now uh, created a situation in which we're going on a fishing expedition for all kinds of other alternatives uh, issues that need to be explored and, and 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 redone in detail and so on. And I don't think that is appropriate. I don't think it's fair. Um, I, 
uh, you know, a 30 year gap in being able to identify who occupied this particular building uh, it, it, it is not surprising to me. Uh, a lot of the people that occupied these buildings during that, that particular 30 year period didn't want to be identified um, and, and, and will not be identified. Um, and so it, it, is, it is relatively, you know, it's very difficult for me to hang my hat uh, on something that is, uh, you know, so important to this applicant um, as, as this is uh, on, on, on that gap. Though I would like to know who lived there, probably would be, there might be some salacious thing that would be really interesting, but um, we don't have it. So from my point of view, I think that the applicant has done everything they possibly could. Not that they possibly could, they could possibly do all kinds of things, but they have done everything necessary, <laughs> done ne everything necessary um, under the terms of the application and the usual requirements of the city of Sausalito. So if anybody doesn't, nobody else wants to make the motion to approve uh, th this, this, this application, I will. Please do. I think we're at that stage, but I appreciated your comments. I did. Second his motion. I'll second his motion. Okay. Adam, would you call the roll, please? Or is there any yeah. discussion on the motion? And just to clarify, this is a motion to agree with the determination that the property is of not of historical significance. Yeah, that actually was not very clearly stated. Bill, will you confirm that? Yes, I will confirm that. And I apologize for not being more articulate. No, that's okay. You added your comments, which were helpful. Thank you. Okay, we're still good with that with the seconder? Uh, yes. Okay, thank you. Can now, Adam, could you please call the roll? Chair Newman, Vice Chair Newman? Yes. Commissioner Werner? Yes. Commissioner Berkowitz? You are on mute, Commissioner Berkowitz. Yes. Okay. And Chair Nichols. Yes. Thank okay, you. Motion carries. Okay. Thank you very much to the team of 426 Pine. You have your uh, evaluation and you're ready to go to your next step. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. And I just want I just wanted to point out one thing, you know, I, I want to thank Elena for, for all her help. I, I think that the gap in information is, is likely not her fault. Um, I know we've had, uh, you know, a little bit of turnover and COVID and that's made everything really tricky for, for the folks working in the city. So, um, you know, she picked up this project a couple months back before the holidays and, uh, maybe that handover didn't go so smoothly. So, um, just, just wanted to point that out that she, she's been great. And I appreciate it. hundred percent. This is, she was our third person we spoke with and in several several months trying to get this in front of you guys and, and just wanted to thank you for volunteering your time and, and doing such a thorough job for the community it's a really important and and special thing you guys do and thank you so much for your time 
Thank you. And so just to be clear, um, I think we had a couple of little <clears throat> things that coalesced here. If I made the impression that I was uh, assigning any blame, I didn't mean that. I think no, it was just, <laughs> everything came together and this is what we, it wasn't our ideal situation. So we'll try to correct our processes and, and uh, make it a little smoother next time. So appreciate your patience. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. All. you. Okay. Thank you. Can Thanks I a lot. Add, one, add one quick comment? Sure. For those that are new to our area, not necessarily Jake, oh, yeah. uh, but some relatively famous criminals use Sausalito as a place to hide out in uh, during Prohibition and afterwards. And so when Bill made that comment about people may not want to know who lived in a <laughs> apartment, um, we have a history of that. And uh, this was a fairly well-known bootlegging place at one point in its career. So uh, just so you all understand that. And uh, I live on Spring Street and uh, Spring Street was known as the spring and at the top, of, and it still is, and at the top of it was a famous uh, still. And uh, one of the largest, Ooh. one of the largest uh, whiskey producers in the state of California at a certain point in time was right here so uh some some of that background you wouldn't have understood and i just offer that as a historic comment yeah there's a there's a great blue book that we actually have on our coffee table which has pictures <laughs> of the homes and then which gangster from chicago came and lived in it uh and and or supposedly right you, you don't actually know but there's well, definitely some in here who That's knows i have lived in your house can you can you share that title with staff? I would love to see that, and I will update you uh, update update David's comments, and tell you that the girlfriend of John Paul Chase, who was the accompanier of Babyface Nelson, who squealed on them, lived right up the block from you for oh, real. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. Cool. Yeah, you're in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's really cool. Wow. He went to prison. He went to Alcatraz 11 rooms, so, Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it funky, but we, we probably won't do anything too crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Good night. Thank you all. Cheers. Okay. Good Thanks. I'd like, to point, I'd like to point out, however, <clears throat> that we're looking, one of the things we're looking at, DAP included, is the fact that in that period of economic duress during the, what became the depression, um, a great number of these houses were rented, at, were rented. And I would suspect that the rental rate in Sausalito may or may not have followed a national average or a state average, but there is a big economic reason why we don't know uh, uh, who owned all these homes and that's okay. And many of them <clears throat> were turned into boarding houses. Uh, and that too, it turned out to be okay because it solved a housing problem and we didn't have a homeless problem. Enough said. That's great. Thank you. Great Thank point. you everybody. We can Thank go on all. and on, but I know you want to get back to your project. <laughs> no worries. Okay. All, right. all right, have a great night. See you in the Thank neighborhood. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Adam, we have a couple more things. We've come to communications. <laughs> so um, I'm going to 
engage our members and ask them if they would like to have anything communicated during this time when we can actually speak to yet speak to each other and consider things since we're meeting in public. Um, anybody have any comments they'd like to make? Are you still there? <laughs> no comment. Okay. Here's, I would like to make one. Um, I think that um, uh, Vice Chair Newman and I met recently, which is allowed for two people to meet under the Brown Act. And we're gonna be putting together a list of priorities to bring back to you. I think we need to have some plans about what we can actively be doing to um, some of these things. We're gonna need funding. The city uh, manager reported the other evening that the city is going to be engaging with some um, one or two people that have uh, grant sourcing abilities. We know we need our inventory done. We know we need some other things done and the city budget is quite tight. So I want us to be in a position to be right there asking for things like the other committees to see if we can get these things funded. So my hope is um, that we'll bring these back. Um, I was gonna uh, just you know make the list more readable and uh, confirm back with uh, Vice Chair Newman that we kind of captured everything uh, and then hope that staff can send this out between meetings, which is allowed as long as we don't comment, but just hold our thoughts individually and we'll have some, we'll have had some time to think about the list and then put it on the agenda for next time where we can talk about what we may wanna pick as one or two topics to get completed. So um, I don't think I went past anything on the Brown Act, but that's something that um, I'll be working on and uh, get back to you on. So you'll be expecting shortly. Um, I know on the planning commission, we were able to do this. We would go through staff with individual comments and things, and then um, community development director would send it out to all of us and make sure that we didn't comment on it, but it gave us a little bit more time to think about things or review them in between meetings and still make our commitment to the Brown Act. So I think we can use it here as well. Um, I think that's pretty much it from me. Um, one of the things that we will be asking, I believe, is uh, to start learning more about ways we can get um, the advantage of, or the benefit of some, um, of the programs put out by the California Preservation Foundation. I know we used to have a membership. I don't know the status of that, but they put on some really good webinars that are not really long. And we do know that we have to take classes and keep ourselves current, uh, current um, as a requirement for our certified local government as members of this commission. So those classes can count towards that. Um, requirement too. So that'll be included in some of this. So that's pretty much, David, did you want to add anything or? I, I just would alert Adam in particular to that the CLG re, um, annual report, you should be checking if you haven't already as to when yeah. that's due because we've been tardy on a couple of occasions with that. And they, if they're going to be considered for 
uh, matching grant in the future, they really like the fact that we really pay attention to them, as you might guess. And the other thing, uh, just uh, Vicki and I talked about this the other day, and it was brought up last year as well. Uh, now that the Bank of America building, former Bank of America building, has been uh, procured by the city as being assigned. Uh, one of the things we had a conversation uh, previously uh, with our former community development director was that it, even though it's a city property, it still needs an HRE. And because there are some uh, significant architects that were involved with the project, it's in a significant location. Uh, it had uh, to do with uh, some relatively important developments that did and did not occur in that area. And uh, before anybody starts planning any two major architectural <laughs> changes to that building, uh, it would be appropriate for the city to fund an HRE by a qualified historian uh, so that the boundary conditions can be set for whatever modifications will be proposed for this uh, multi-arts program, as I understand it from reading uh, the city council minutes. So uh, those are just two heads up I just offer to, to our commission, but also to Adam, since he's our current liaison, that uh, we don't want you to get surprised by either one of those, okay? Well, I appreciate that from the reminder and I'll be uh, coordinating with our principal planner on who our CLG coordinator is and making sure we're in good standing with the uh, CLG requirements uh, for grant purposes too. Terrific, that's great. And I did, I did make the commitment to the city manager in the council meeting the other night when I heard one of the areas was considering historical preservation of having the council weigh in on that as a topic. I was so excited to hear that back on the, even the consideration that I did thank him and offered the support of our committee uh, to help identify opportunities. I'll go through the CLG listings and all that, Adam. So we know that some of this stuff, uh, David and I, as we talked, is, is going to be, you know, it'll be helpful if we'll take some of the load off, but we need to get some of this stuff done and, I, and we're willing to do that to help. So um, if you need help on the report when you're doing it, um, the, the two of us are familiar with them from before. So you can call on us and we're still okay with the Brown Act. Is that okay with you, David? If I, oh. unmute, if I unmute myself, yes, it's fine. <laughs> okay, good. We wanna be here to help and we wanna, we really wanna be, um, Move, the, move these items forward and get some stuff done and appreciate your help uh, doing that. So that's pretty much the end of what I had to say. And I would love to hear from you if you have anything for us. Well, I just wanted to thank you all for, you know, giving the applicant a chance to explain some of their responses um, in so, sort of a longer format. So we appreciate that and helping them get their projects moving along. So thank you for that flexibility. Um, also wanted to, I don't know if Elena has mentioned, but her last day is tomorrow with the city. Oh, no. So just wanted to thank Elena. I've only known her for a few months now since I started end of last year, but she's been a great resource and colleague of mine in my time at the city. And as you can tell by the applicants, uh, she always did her best to make sure 
people were moving swiftly and applications were thoroughly done and professionally done. So I just want to thank Elena for her time. Yeah, thank you, Elena. Are you are you already off screen? No, I'm here. I'm out of here. <laughs> thank you for your help. I know the conditions have been uh, difficult, yeah. and I and I think I've heard like a little voice or two in the background. So you have some priorities, I think. Yeah, I did leave um, uh, from late 2020 to on a maternity leave. So. It's been a it's been a, a, a exciting couple of years. I started after COVID uh, initiated, so uh, I've actually only been in the office since last August. Um, and you know, it's 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 been I've learned a lot, and I hope I've been able to to um, make some you know leave it better than I found it. Um, I learned a lot this evening from uh, Mr. Shazo. So. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of confidence in Adam of, of giving him every bit of information I can uh, squeeze in in a short amount of time. And, and I have a lot of confidence in our new director. So I'm, you know, good. Best of luck. It's been a it's been a pleasure presenting uh, before you. And um, and yeah, best of luck. I hope Are I'll, you going to continue your work in another jurisdiction, this type of work or? Yeah, so I'm going to work for M Group, who has done, uh, they've worked, done a lot of work with Sausalito. Yeah. Um, and I think I'll be working also with the city of Petaluma th through M Group and uh, also working um, on CEQA uh, resource evaluation. So um, I'm, I'm a novice in CEQA and, and more, um, I, I want more expertise. Um, and so that's, that's part of why, you know, professional development towards CEQA work is, is my goal. Great. Good for you. Well, congratulations. And we will miss you. But uh, if it's a better opportunity or a, an additional opportunity for you, understandable. So thanks. You're very welcome. I wanted to I wanted to go over to before we close tonight, a little bit on how we process these applications when they come in. Terrific. Yeah, because we I've seen some HREs prepared by professional architects, uh, historic architects, and it's great when we can see that, but it's not fundamentally a requirement that I'm aware of that uh, an application isn't complete without one. Um, our instructions in our HRDIP say it is advised but not required that it be prepared by an individual that meets, you know, the standards um, in the National Park Service, just, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I believe that intent was for um, homeowners or um, non-specialists to be able to prepare that packet and submit it. I'm not certain, but I believe that was the intent that people could prepare it and submit it without having to contract with um, a professional to prepare that HRE report. Um, so when we get um, a, a moderately or as complete as possible HRDIP, we, we move it forward. Um, in, in the hopes that, that it has enough information for you to make your determination. Um, and hopefully, and, and we've, we've gone around and around with applicants who haven't filled it out completely enough to, to make sure that, that what comes to you is, is, is as complete as we can find, um, not being able to just go and do all of the research ourselves for the applicants. Although we do uh, assist them as I, I do try to assist them as much as possible by Googling and, and verifying what I see in the HRDIP um, before presenting it. But um, if, if, for, if an HRE is required for these applications, that should be 
a stipulated requirement to the applicants and 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 laid out by the department because um, I just want you to understand that that's not something that we look for require at this time. That's good information. And I can tell you that the intent was to uh, not make it onerous or expensive, but I have seen some that have been done by the owners that are just not, they don't tell us anything. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there's a fine line there and the, the way that this was developed for the regulations was to make, to give the option to do that, um, you know, without having the expense of a paid person, but it means you have to do some homework, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, to whatever degree that, you know, you, you become the de facto screeners, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so appreciate where you going back on the city's records to kind of, you know, um, plump these up if they need it. But um, I know some of them have been pulled back. Yeah, yeah. sections for applicants on occasion because it was just not, you know. <laughs> too painful. It's too painful. So, um, yeah. So, I, you know, we're doing our best um, to uh, support them. And so would it be fair to say what you just to summarize what you just said, because I can talk to the community development director. We need to stipulate uh, that an H an HRE as prepared is, by a historic architect, uh, someone qualified. Okay, with a qualified. Okay, because I, I don't remember the exact language. I mean, I'll go back and look, but I mm -hmm. think you're right. I think it doesn't say shall. Um, you know, in other words, it's not a demand or a requirement. So yeah, it said it is advised but not required. Um, okay. So the, you know, the preparer of the packet. Um, yeah. and so that would mean changing the ordinance if we want to change that. So that's a bigger deal. Then. I'm not sure if it's laid out for the HRDIP in the ordinance, what the application requirements are um, for the resource determination. I know it is it is laid out for the certificate of appropriateness. Right. Um, but not for the initial determination of significance. Um, okay, we're probably... We're probably getting to be a fine line here going over the Brown Act since this isn't on the agenda, but um, I'll try to follow up on this because I'm not sure of the answer, but it would be good that we're all on the same, have the same understanding. And more importantly, that the applicants get consistent information. So when they get here, we don't, you know, give the impression of us holding them up unnecessarily. Um, I certainly don't try to do that, but if I don't understand something, I'm, certainly going to ask questions. I think that's part of my job here. So um, we'll try to figure that out. But thank you for that. That's That makes sense. Um, anything else you'd like to leave us with? Best of luck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would love to know more about this subject and I hope uh, I hope I come back someday as an expert, so. <laughs> you know what, you, could, you can also, um, you know, tune into the California Preservation Foundation. Um, I think it's, I don't know how much it is to be a member, member, but you could, there's some really great webinars and things that they do that would even help you probably in your, in your job mm, mm -hmm. to learn, to learn things. So you might check that out, check out their website and see, they may have something in your, you know, M group may have a membership that you can you can um, attend things off of, so. That's a really great suggestion, thank you, I will do that. Yeah, yeah, I find them really helpful. 
Okay, anybody else want to stay around any longer or would you like to adjourn? Okay, it's, Nate's ready. We don't need a motion, but I'll just say that we'll, we will adjourn the meeting at uh, whatever time it is, um, a little bit before eight, right? 7.56. Okay, everybody good with that? And Adam, our next scheduled meeting is? I believe it's the 17th of March. Oh, St. Patty's Day. Okay. <laughs> is that St. Patrick's Day, the 17th? It is. It is. So maybe we'll have green beer on screen or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you. And we'll Thanks, see you girl. next time. And then, Adam, I'll, I'll follow up and, uh, with David, and then we'll send you something. So maybe you can send it out to all of us. I'll okay. We'll forward to that, and we'll send it as a one-way communication. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Good night. Bye-bye.